Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio. Rocco says trans rights. Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast, where today I watch the Rocco's Modern Life special, Static Cling. I'm so excited to have my friends Omar Romolino and Reed Ashley on this episode to talk about it. Omar uses she, her pronouns, and Reed goes by he, him. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at StopTweetingMia. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast for another week. As always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm here if you need to talk. Dear Lord, bless this delicious meal of trans representation. <laughs> <laughs> that is this new thing of Ragos Modern Life. Oh, I and thought you meant the podcast. Bless this well, podcast. Thanks, oh, that too. No, no, no. I, I know we have cartoon. three trans people here, but that doesn't make it trans it representation. <laughs> no. No, trans representation is when you have three animated trans people. Not like trans- if we were all cartoon characters. No, see, if you have an explicit huh? trans person Sorry, in your thing... That's not representation. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you have to be maybe able to kind of headcanon them as trans and then it counts. <laughs> and only then. If you show a trans person, then you're just pushing an SJW agenda and like, we can't have that. Transcoded. Yeah. That's how it has oh, to be. You know, like Shark Tale. Because if you ever. He wasn't transcoded. He was queer coded. Well, a little bit. He was like a he shark that wanted to like be a, a dolphin. dolphin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not good. Listen, I know a lot of things about Shark Tale. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> we did an episode about dome. that a couple yeah, weeks Yeah, you sent me you sent me that. Oh, I'm sorry. I got a <laughs> I got a <laughs> I got a lot of Shark Tale knowledge just backed up and from how how long I was stuck on the can't touch this dance level of the GameCube Shark Tale game. Like I know a lot about it. That's what? fantastic. Was it okay? So I saw some clips of the GameCube Shark Tale game just because I was interested in how nightmarish the animation would be. Oh yeah, it was all dancing, or it was mostly not. No, dancing? I think that was maybe the second dance level, and then there's like some fish swimming levels or whatever the fuck. I don't remember a lot of it. I just remember like I could not get past the can't touch this dance party to <laughs> level. It was the worst. <laughs> when did this game come out? I don't know. Like, like, maybe it was like 2004. The, the year two. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, experience with Rocco's modern life. Uh, let's go around the table. Read first. Experience with the, the concept, the show well, um, in general. The concept <laughs> did you ever, did you ever watch Rocco's it as a kid life? or was this no. your first time watching? I'm sure I've seen like bits and pieces of it, but we didn't have cable growing up. And also my mom fucking hated these kinds of shows with oh. like a vying, burning passion. Shows. Yeah, that makes Just sense. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was a very progressive person. So no Rockers Modern Life, were you not like a Nicktoons kid at all if you didn't have cable as a kid? Not really. I saw a little bit of Courage. Courage was Cartoon Network. Uh, oh, I, what was Cat Dog? That, that was, was Nickelodeon. That was Nickelodeon. Okay. Good job. Okay, so I that saw... That was my favorite. I saw a little bit of Cat Dog, but my, that was the one that my mom hated the most, was Cat Dog. <laughs> she thought it was really, 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 really annoying. It's disturbing, That's for sure. Valid. Okay, I have not seen it since I was a kid. I've only seen a little bit of it. I just remember the theme, but she hated that. So The I never, theme is a banger. I'll just always have in mind the episode where like they're trying to find their parents and they're like, is it a cat or a dog? And then it's like a giant purple monster. Yeah. And you're like, this rocks. This is great. <laughs> their parents is a yeah, giant. Yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. like a giant purple monster and the dad is 
Do you remember the episode where they like split and get new butts and then they're like independent of each other and they both their designs don't work at all? Because I do. It was great. <laughs> it was a really good show. Yeah. Anyway, I've never seen it before this. Like I've never seen like a full episode of Rocco's Modern Life. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was a little bit before my era. The show like ran from 94 to 97. Oh, that too. And yeah, and I wasn't really watching cartoons that much at that time. I mean, I was three when it ended. And it didn't really rerun that much. I remember as a kid, I saw the dentist episode. And I was just terrified. Like, nightmares from that. I was like, no more Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah. And then as, as an adult, like before the special came out, I heard it was coming out. And I was like, okay, I'll watch some episodes of the show. And I basically like found episodes about ralph bighead and um it was great yeah I, the original series is really 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 funny yeah it's like no nostalgia involved i loved it it's really good i watched it a lot as a kid um i think maybe we had like a dvd or something i always really liked that show i love the backgrounds in that show i love that everything is like that like swoosh that curve to it um but also it is just like a real like like a comfy show you know what i mean sure like watching that show is just like you weren't gonna be like challenged on anything and as a well, kid i didn't want to like have to <laughs> the, den- the dentist episode challenged yeah. me a good thing i would say <laughs> i was like, a little scared but yeah that that show just like it was just a good time for me as a kid and then i rewatched it uh some years ago uh and i still really liked it and it was really funny because joe murray's a genius Right. Um, I've definitely seen Camp Laszlo more, which is his other show, um, than Rocco's Modern Life, but I still really love Rocco's. Yeah, and we were talking about it before the podcast. Like, the show is kind of a hotbed for a lot of people that went on to make really great stuff. Like, Stephen Hillenberg worked on the episodes that I watched. He went on to make SpongeBob. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how animation works in general, you know, is that you have a great show and that spawns off. You know, I think like Powerpuff Girls spawned off like Kenny Tartakovsky and yeah. five other people that all. And Craig, I, 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 was that co-made by Gendy and Craig McCracken, or was I think it, it was just made just by Craig McCracken? Craig McCracken, and then Gendy just had like a, a lead in it eventually. Yeah, went on to make Dexter's Laboratory and Samurai and Jack. Samurai Jack, yeah, and then all Craig, kinds of cool stuff. Craig and Lauren Faust. Yeah, Faust oh, made uh, Foster's Home. I think. Yeah, this is all just conjecture. <laughs> no, I'm pr- I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Lauren Faust was like if she didn't help make it like if she wasn't like one of the original creators, she was very high up in the production. And it's just so funny to think like Powerpuff Girls led to this, led to this, led to this, led yeah. to My Little Pony or whatever. Like everything yeah. in the modern day is there's like a there's like back. a ground zero for animators, and like a whole era of Cartoon Network was defined by Flapjack and the friends that Thurup uh, brought on like J.G. Quintel and Pat McHale and Pendleton Ward. Right. Um, I know some of these names. Yeah. A lot of names. <laughs> a lot of names on this podcast. J.G. Quintel made... Uh, yeah. Regular show. Pendleton Ward made Adventure Time and um, Pat McHale made Over the Garden Wall, which right. is the best. And then from Adventure Time, you get Rebecca Sugar, who makes Steven Universe. Yeah. And... Spawns off OKKO, which I've heard is good. I haven't seen it, but I really like it. It's a really, it's a really cartoon cartoon, and I just really appreciate that. Is it an official cartoon cartoon? Yeah, (laughs) Frederator. Yeah, Uh, actually, I don't know if Frederator produces it. I don't think so. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. They're too busy with online content these days. Um, yeah, I, I really did appreciate that like Joe Murray came back to make this. Like I said, I'm not really super intimately familiar with his work. But like the fact that he sort of is still waving that flag 20 years later. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised at how much like uh, not getting into any of the Rachel stuff yet, because that's going to be the big meatus. Yeah, Um, but I was surprised how much of it was Joe Murray just being like, you you guys are stupid if you want reboots. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's like, he's like, is it remaking something dumb because you expect it to be the same and it's not going to be the same idiot. Right. Like (laughs) it's not being made for you anymore. Uh, like, uh, I think the best example is teen Titans go because that's like, one of the most popular shows to sure. ever air and it's doing just gangbusters and right. like uh 
a lot of people are like, but this isn't Teen Titans. They're not long. And like, um, <laughs> the defining <laughs> characteristic but, but of kids, Teen Titans. Kids that love long. that. Kids right. love that show to pieces. And it's because the show is well written for them. Right. I mean, it's such an interesting case with Teen Titans, too, because the original Teen Titans didn't get to wrap up. Yeah. So it's like people will eternally say, like, can we just finish that other thing before you do this like yeah. if they had given all of those arcs satisfying conclusions then maybe people wouldn't care that much about teen titans go that's not true well for, for me know. for me it is true sure. like like yeah. they were like running a whole thing of like beast boy and terror beast boy and then they end it without like yeah. lingering questions and that sucks but it's like not that the the new series is not killing the old series yeah exactly. it's not teen titans go's fault how do you pluralize teen titans go <laughs> well, you're not making it plural. You're making it possessive. That's it. So it's still just Teen Titan goes. How do I possess Teen Hell. Titans go? Yeah. How do I body snatch it and make it into the Teen Titans that I want? I think that's true of like anything that they reboot. I don't think that that is specifically for or about like Teen Titans because they didn't finish it. No, that's like, true. People are yeah. freaking out about the Thundercats. People freak out yeah. about She-Ra. Right. People freak out anytime anything cartoon related is rebooted. And people like, freaked out about this for sure. There was a a big <laughs> my childhood is ruined. Yeah. Well, yeah. The fans that yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is that is that this is really, really true to the original source. This yeah. is not like they took it and they made it look like Family Guy and they changed the the yeah. humor of the show. Yeah. It's very much like the original series, just sure. dealing with more modern issues. More modern mm. life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny because we see like Nickelodeon these days are trying to ride that nostalgia train. Mm. And I feel like they really wanted to do that a couple of years ago. And they were like, oh, no, people didn't like the Arnold movie. Bail, bail, bail. And Did Peter people Zim not it to like it? No, it just it just nobody didn't. talked. It about wasn't it. popular. Nobody saw it. I remember like leading up to it. There was like so much like talk and people were hype. And then I didn't even know it released until someone was like, Did anybody actually see the Hey Arnold movie? And I was like, Is that out? <laughs> right. And I mean, I think this one is being talked a lot about because of the trans representation. Like yeah. people are mad about it, people are happy about it, people are feeling validated. And without that, I mean, it wouldn't be like trending in my circle on social yeah. media. I'm seeing it because people are talking about the representation. And yeah. so I wonder. I was going to watch it anyways. And, yeah. and I know some people have been like mad about like, oh, you're spoiling the Rachel reveal. And it's sure. like, I get it, but I'm more happy that it's created what's mostly really good dialogue about this. If you wait a month to talk about it, it won't be a big conversation anymore. Yeah, exactly. You kind of just have to talk about that, the main plot of the episode, the week it comes out, you know? Yeah. The really interesting thing is that this was going to air on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. got shipped off to Netflix along with Invader Zim. And I feel like that's because they wanted to bring them to series. Hey Arnold underperformed. They were worried that parent groups would have an issue with the trans representation in the episode. And I wonder if Invader Zim also has something like that God, in it. I hope. Or, yeah, Zim is trans. That's the thing. Oh, my God. That's the thing is, like, like it's 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 such a strange thing that they started with the Hey Arnold because I feel like Hey Arnold does not have That's a vigorous least, yeah. existing fan base compared to I some other. At least in circles I've been in and seen, Hey Arnold is heralded as like untouchable writing of 90s cartoons. I just mean I, like, I would say that Invader Zim still has the biggest cultural impact. Oh, absolutely. Like Hot Topic Girls. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Invader Zim has like the craziest cult following mm-hmm. and also I'll never understand how or why that show got made. Um, yeah. Not, crazy. not that it's not good, but because they reached out to Jonan Vasquez, he didn't pitch invaders him. They reached out to him and said they wanted him to produce a show with them mm. after he released his comic, Johnny, the homicidal maniac. <laughs> um, which is a really, really good comic, but most assuredly, it's not for children. Yeah. So I don't know who saw that and was like, yeah, this person should make a kid show. <laughs> I, I think Nick in the late 90s, early 2000s were trying to go for a really edgy audience. Like, yeah. the guy that made Jimmy Neutron, like, the shit that he made before Jimmy Neutron is 
so fucking weird. So I'm not an animator. Obviously, people didn't listen to this show. I'm a fan of animation. I'm a I'm a studier of the trends. You're but you so two are much both... of a fan that you're dating an animator. <laughs> you're yeah, really that's getting, why I'm dating you. Your, is yeah, because you're an it's animator. the only reason. <laughs> yeah, is to get I, the ends. Yeah, you asked me what I did, and I said I was an animator, and you came on the spot. Yeah, and <laughs> we've been dating ever since. <laughs> Well, so what what do you guys think of like the updated animation style here? It's obviously different from when we last saw Rocco 22 years ago. I think it's cleaner, crisper. I thought it was funny that they made fun of um, digital animation in the show that was most assuredly finished in digital. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's the weird thing is like the ending is Rachel Bighead going to an ice cream truck and doing it all hand drawn. Yeah. And it's like, that's not how this show is made though. This is yeah. all. Deadly. I mean, they, depending on which studio, cause I don't know which studio Netflix had animated. It, it's possible that it was like roughed or maybe even taken to final line on paper, but it was, not painted with paint because no production is still like that because people aren't sadists. Right, and it looks looks digitally animated. animated. Some anime still does that. Yeah, but... um, They're insane people, and they also are... That work culture is very toxic over there. (laughs) I mean, it definitely looks digitally animated. And even seeing... Like, I had watched some older episodes that had the fat heads in it when they Mm -hmm. had watched the show, and that looks just completely, completely different in this. It's just cleaner... Like sure. uh, they, they don't have to take Cause in the original run of Rocco's, they had to take a lot of shortcuts cause it was a TV production animation and going through the whole cycle of making a TV show is like a lot, like it's so much. And so there'd be a lot of reused cycles and like, uh, they made an episode about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wacky deli. Yeah. God, I love wacky deli. That was one of the first things I saw. I think that was really just like, Hey, the animation's made by people. And I was like, yo, word? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But um, when I was seeing, like, and I didn't follow the um, advertising stuff for Rocco's too closely, I saw, I remember when it was put under the, like, LGBT section, people were like, oh, there's going to be gay stuff in it. And I was like, no, sometimes they just do that. <laughs> I uh, on Hulu, I think Archer is listed as an LGBT show because, because of Ray. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because they have one gay stereotype in the show, so therefore it's representation. Oh. I think I think Archer has manic bi energy. <laughs> and Carol, you're right. Yeah, every you're, character pretty like, much. Like you're right, but. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. It's barely Um, representative. (laughs) I don't know why it's categorized like that. Um, I just love the idea of somebody looking for some like nice queer validation in their life, and like I just want to watch some queer cinema. Oh, Archer, (laughs) I've heard this is good. (laughs) And then they're just like, I don't. Where is the gaze? (laughs) (laughs) To be fair. I feel like historically there are even queer organizations, i.e. GLAD, who have given things like, I don't know, two and a half men good Chuck ratings. And Larry. Yeah, <laughs> for like trans representation and gay representation. So I don't know if. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's- How do they feel about Tim Allen's Last Man Standing? I'm sure that must be doing great for LGBT representation. Is there a trans character? In I don't Man know. Standing? I've tried to watch one episode and my dad will just have it on in the background. Oh all the time and i just have to leave the room because that shit is unwatchable my, my, my dad loves it. it on facebook all the time he's like look <laughs> at this anti-sjw college and it's like all right cool uh, great you, tim allen speaking of anti-sjw a lot of people were really mad about rachel a, <laughs> a lot of people were really uh, were like they yeah. ruined it they ruined it like as if they didn't watch the whole special and ignored well, it. Rocco looking him in the face and being like, hey, you just got to accept change sometimes, man. Right. And and here's the thing. The same way that you're going to have people that don't even watch the special and give it a one star review on IMDb yeah. because this happened and because they heard about it and they're mad about it. Yeah. You're also going to get another audience that never has and maybe never would have watched Rocco. Yeah. Like I have never seen the show before this last couple of weeks. And I watched a bunch of episodes because I heard this was happening. I heard it was really good. And that's a worthwhile trade. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's the really funny thing about that double-sided coin is that I'm 
mostly watching it because I heard that there was really good representation and because I want to not feel like garbage yeah. when I watch media. I want yeah. to feel good and feel validated and feel like I can see myself on screen in animation and live action on film and television. And um, Rachel is really fantastic. And I'm glad that I watched episodes before I watched yeah. this. She, like... The whole, like, I heard there was Rachel Big Head in the show before I watched the thing because immediately that was everywhere. Like, I after saw that it that came happened. out, like, even um, before it came out, there yeah. was like a, like a preview three I mean, days I, earlier. I'm, I'm sure, like, Joe Murray didn't in any way want to keep that, like, quiet or behind the scenes. Like, I'm sure he was like, Maybe. he was like, no, people should know this is what it's about because it's what it's about. I mean, the special is 40 minutes long and she shows up at like minute 23. Yeah. So there's a lot of it that's not about Rachel and not about transness or queerness at all. Yeah. It's just about adapting to the modern world when you have old ideals. And I think that leads into Rachel really well. Um, I've seen it three times now. And like the first time I watched it, I remember like I was like, I know there's a trans character. <laughs> you were looking and, out for back. And I was like, are they trans? And I was just head? like, I was just like really like nervous and like sweaty. And I was like, I was like, Oh God, please, please don't suck. You said like a towel next to you. Yeah, and you're like patting like, your face. I was, seriously. I was so like worried because I didn't want to hate Rocco because they like flubbed something up. Cause I knew it was Rachel big head. And I was like, Okay. And they were like, oh, my son Ralphie has been gone for years. And I was like, okay, all right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, when's it going to happen? And then it was amazing. And I cried a lot, like a lot watching that for the first time. Well, I mean, it's really interesting when you watch like the older episodes that included Ralph, because they always just seemed like somebody looking for, for meaning, for purpose in the yeah. world. They were like a character that had created the most popular cartoon in the world, and they hated it. They did yeah. not want to work on that show. They wanted out of their contract so they could go like explore the world and find themselves through mm-hmm. art. And so it really is such a natural conclusion to do that with that character who like had been restricted by society for their entire lives and then leave their family for six months and then they're finally... Like, okay, yeah. I'm a woman. Like, I am this, and I've never expressed that because I couldn't. Yeah. You know, that's what happens to a lot of people. I moved to L.A., and three months later, I was like, yeah, okay. I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, a, a cartoon special about a trans woman animator who moves far away from her family <laughs> and then comes out to her parents. I wonder what that's like. Ha, yeah. ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was all very fresh for me. I came out to my family two months ago. Like, it's, it's, it came yeah. at a nice time in my life. And sure, I could have seen this five years ago and my life would have been better for it. Yeah. But that didn't happen. Yeah. That's, the, and that's it, fine. Yeah. I'm okay. It's fine. I, it's fine. <laughs> it's good. I mean, it, it's, it is good for younger people. Uh, absolutely. Um, I don't know how many younger people will watch this show considering it's, referencing a lot of old stuff but i do think it's also really important for people who are nostalgic to be like hey trans people exist even in existing characters and you have to accept that like i think i saw somebody posting about it on twitter that really like hit me in a in an important way of like trans people aren't going to be complete strangers saying that trans people are co-opting your favorite characters is is unfair to be like you have to create an entirely new queer character because like if your friend comes out as trans they're already your friend if your friend comes out as gay they're already your friend right they're not a new person coming into your life you don't only make queer friends that you've never known before and you know them at the end of their transition and as a fully developed person that's not how real life works yeah so i think it's super powerful to like take a character that already exists and be like hey this person was trans the whole time and now they're yeah where they want to be and they're happy my favorite hot take from from people making bad faith arguments on the internet or people that are like why'd you have to make this character black or Uh, a woman or transgender or gay and it's like well are you tell? Are you saying you would have loved the Rocco special if it was about a trans woman we've never met before coming out to her parents? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's not. It doesn't destroy the integrity of Ralph Bighead for them yeah. to be a trans woman. Also, yeah. that's also, insane. Isn't that like entirely like you said? It was like a Joe Murray insert. 
Ralph yeah, Big yeah, Ra- as Ralph a had, yeah, so it's super voiced by Joe Murray. Yeah. yeah, for Joe Murray to be like, "Hey, I'm gonna make my character trans, and none of y'all can say shit because it's me." But, but yeah. we, we don't want to like say that only trans people yeah, would exactly. tell a story about a trans yeah. character. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying Joe Murray's trans. I'm saying that I think like that's what you're saying. No, 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 no. I'm saying <laughs> no, like that, it's not it's not referencing someone else. Right. He's not like basing that character on right, someone that's else. That's his self insert. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the character that he's told stories about his experience making Rocco's modern life. The character in the episode Wacky Deli is about his experience working with the studio making a show that he was getting sick of making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a good guy. <laughs> it seems like it. I mean, the original run of Rocco is like very um, progressive, actually. And it's not as explicit, obviously, um, for a show that ran in the 90s. If you watch it, I'm trying to remember, see if I can remember like specific instances. But I know there are some episodes that touch on like, characters maybe being gay or I heard there was an episode about like like that's not coming out or something yeah and it's not done in like a really like terrible or like mean way sure because Joe Murray said that he wanted to make it about like a modern life and like that's a part of it it's it's really interesting seeing people make the argument online where they're like Rocco's modern life has a trans character you mean the character that's like fat phobic and it's like well it's 25 years ago. Yeah. Like literally the show started 25 years ago. The first episode has really, really big man and his alternate persona, Lois Lame, where he like cross dresses and goes to work. <laughs> and it's a, it's a ridiculous yeah. stereotype, but yeah. that was 1994. Yeah. That's the year that I was born. There's... That's how old the show is. So people and products <laughs> can change. So there's something about like, you can acknowledge problems in older media, but you also have to acknowledge like it's older media and like if if those problems outweigh what you think you get out of the media then that's totally fine but right. making the argument i've seen this a few times where people require old things to all of a sudden be held up against today's concept of um like just social standards and like that thing already exists. They're not going to, it's not going to go back and change it. And there's some weird trend with 25 year old shows coming back and being really progressive with Rocco's modern life. uh, It's, it comes back and Rocco looks into the camera and he says trans rights really loud and everyone throws a party. And then (laughs) uh, in season three of twin peaks, which came out 25 years after the originally run, David Lynch looks directly into the camera and says, fuck turfs. And <laughs> it's important. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. So the, the actual quote is, um, he's talking to, which one's the guy from X-Files? I Twin Peaks. The, do you know Mulder or Scully? Which one's like the guy? Mulder? Yeah, Mulder is in Twin Peaks as a trans woman, but he was playing her back in the original run. And, um, in the newest season, David Lynch's character is talking to Mulder and being like um, re- reminiscing about when she first came out and how he told all the other operatives to fix their hearts or die uh, when they were making fun of her. And I was like, uh, uh, what? That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> David Lynch. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to validate me in the middle of all this. <laughs> I mean, I but feel like I feel their like hearts are dying <laughs> so metal. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. It feels like we're focusing a lot on the negative. The thing is, is that transness is not defined by <laughs> shitheads. I really love that that Joe Murray plays her the same way that he played Ralph back in the day. Yeah, like he doesn't. He's he's not a transgender woman. His voice still sounds like a man's Joe Murray's does. And it's like, you could recast the character or you could have Rachel be okay with the way that she sounds. Yeah. And And the voice thing was like huge, really, really powerful. Cause like I'm, I've talked about this a lot off mic, like with Reed and with you before the show, like Mm -hmm. I have a naturally deep voice. I've been transitioning for like, five months and you're not just going to wake up one day and sound like a cis woman just because you say yeah like i'm mia that's not going to happen and so like putting my voice on mic every week is rough sometimes yeah and like hearing a character in a cartoon that is just unapologetically like 
That's me. Yeah. Like, it's great. This is my voice. It's really great. It's the best. It's, um, I'm not particularly dysphoric about my voice or where it's at. So I've never felt a need to change it, even though mm. there's kind of a pressure. Do you record a podcast you have to edit eight hours no. a week? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, there's kind of a pressure on panic laughing. Like, uh, uh, trans women to like, Present really uh, feminine. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to be really femme, and it's yeah. like I'm trying, but I'm not like Russian. <laughs> I would say, like, I would say, there's, a, there's, there's a, like a balance too of like you get both sides of like you're not trying hard enough, but also if you're if you're super feminine, then you're trying too hard, and you're yeah, a cartoonish you're like, representation right. of femininity, and you're yeah. making fun of women. What do you right. think a woman's just a dress? And it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Overall, just being yourself <laughs> is important, and. Yeah. Uh, Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rocco's uh, special, um, Rachel, really was super validating in a way I haven't really seen because usually woman with deep man voice is played off for yeah. a cheap, shitty joke. Right. And it just like nobody talked about it. Like it wasn't acknowledged. Rocco and company were like, cool, let's fix the show. Let's do it. Like they were so into they it. They were like sweet and they yeah. made a good joke about her new chosen name. And like, that was great. Cause I was worried like still after, uh, my first, <laughs> my first viewing was just nerves. Like, please God, like I was waiting for it to just crash and go horribly. And it didn't. And that was the best feeling when it didn't crash. I mean, and, and for some people, the moment where her dad like can't accept it was that moment. Like I saw a lot of people online talking about like, why is trans people every time we see representation of ourselves in media, it's our parents disowning us or violence against us or being misgendered or horrible things happening. And I think that that's a really valid point to bring up, but I think that here, I mean, definitely it would be really nice to see something where the entire story is just like, I'm trans. Everybody's cool with it. Yeah. It's great. But that's not the character of Ed Bighead. Like, if you watch any older episodes with him, he is, like, the villain. He's a greedy, capitalist shithead who is resistant to change. And that is important to this narrative because the entire thing is about him and Rocco wanting to just, like, have a pity party about how things aren't the same as they were 20 years ago. And having to realize that the world is changing and that that's a good thing. <laughs> that that exchange was actually kind of funny to me when... It, when he was like, no. And she was like, yes. <laughs> like that, that really got me. I was really interested to see how Bev was going to react. Bev Bighead. Um, that was really fantastic. I, mean, I when, loved that. When she was like, stop being a piece of shit, man. Yeah. She, she was like, I found these shoes in, in Rachel's size. and I'm so excited to give them to her and to like go shopping with her. And yeah. just, 
she wants her kid to be happy and wants yeah. her back. And that's beautiful. Oh, it's such a, that was the best watching that. It was just like, and that's why I've watched it several times already because it's just like hydrating, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like, ah, yes. Taking a good sip I of that trans rep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's a balance of like, like this kind of show, it would make sense for there to be like, pushback i guess like from those characters yeah like like i think it's impossible to have everything i i feel like there are shows where it can exist where there's a character who can be queer and just exist Mm -hmm. as queer within the world and have no backlash but i don't think that that's going to be true of every story yeah and especially this one where i feel like right out the box it's made very clear that the theme is dealing with change yeah so like they're gonna show a bunch of uh, different people reacting to change. And it started right. off kind of how I expected with a funny, haha, these two 90s people are in the late 2000s all of a sudden. Whoa, yeah. technology overload. Superhero yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, Dark Knight. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> phones. Yeah, yeah. phones. What? No buttons, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Buy a new one. Here's the, and, I, yeah. and, I, and that's, that's kind of like what I was expecting it to do. And... Um, I, I think, you know, when I was first watching it and I was like going through those scenes at first, I was like, is this just going to be, is this going to like validate this behavior? Or is it going to be like, no, it's, you got to accept that the past is the past and be able to move on from that. And it right. was the latter, which was really great. I mean, I think it's interesting to see that Rocco is the only one that really is stuck in the past. It's like him and Mr. Bighead. Like, his friends are indulging in modern culture and saying, like, hey, selfies are cool. Yeah. They don't (laughs) suck, even though the show was written by somebody probably in his 50s. They're great. And superhero movies are fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the, the whole thing that somebody pointed out online was that Ed Bighead isn't angry that his kid is transgender. He's just confused that things are changing. Yeah. Like, he's not mad that his... He's his... like, this isn't the status quo. Right. What the heck? Yeah. yeah. I do appreciate how much this show hates boomers, particularly, like, the, the fucking ghost cracked me up. The, yeah. like, <laughs> dead, like, cow ghosts. Mm-hmm. Back in my day, when we died, we really died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, capitalism yeah. also, which I feel like is stuff that, like, is much harder to get through censors. Mm-hmm. Is like, I think I saw this on twitter of like how much like anti-pollution anti-capitalist anti like establishment stuff that they could slip into cartoons right that they just absolutely have so much more trouble doing like nowadays nowadays we're like like people talk about like oh the the sjw agenda and whatever but like yeah i feel like it was way more obvious and like (laughs) significantly less abstract than of like Here's a show that's about radioactive shit, and these people have yeah. planet multiple. Well, that there are yeah, a ton of them. There are a ton right of, of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The I was thinking of specifically that that terrible, terrible show that Ham, one of our roommates, binged. That was like there were a bunch of like freak mutant people, and there was a lady with two heads, and it was like something in the backyard. It was bad. I hated well, it. Well, the really interesting thing I think about that is that. Commerce is really defined by what can sell. So like the reason that we're seeing a lot of queer representation right now and seeing cartoon characters that aren't just like white straight people is because that's what's selling. And like as long as those things continue to sell, that will be the direction that we trend in. And I think that's really interesting is that that's sort of what this episode has to say at the end too is that Rachel makes this show and that everybody in the world is like it's great and people aren't going to like misgender her and treat her like shit because she's making them money. And that's, I don't know. That's really interesting. Like as long as we are contributing to art and entertainment and commerce, we are valuable to society and thus (laughs) we can stick around. I don't know if I, as long as we invigorate capitalism, is that what you're saying? Yeah, no, it's a really, it's a really interesting. I mean, the show has a lot going on in this episode. It's about reboots and change in the world and transness and queerness and corporate greed. I guess that's a take, but I mean, I mean the, the ending where she premieres the first episode and it makes the company $13 billion and the guy's like, 
confirmed for 30 seasons or whatever. Yeah, but that's the thing is like that's separate from Rachel as a trans woman and just more focused on her making this hit show. For sure. Whereas the rest of the the thing like other than Ed, no one gives her any grief and everyone just adopts it immediately and uh, the only remarks are like, oh, nice shoes. Right. Roger, I thought your name was Rachel and stuff like that. Maybe that's just my own mind dissecting like why we're seeing these kinds of things more often now. Maybe. Because like Netflix and the CW, people say like forced diversity all the time. They are forcing diversity. Like the CW has queer characters and people of color in every show because that's what's selling and they have a model. And that's great because we have bisexual and trans and queer folks in superhero shows. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the corporate level, I I don't think it's being done for any kind of altruistic reason, but I do like that in a capitalist's eye, we're a bigger, better audience than pieces of shit. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Pieces of shit is a huge audience. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I'm I'm glad that we're starting to overtake those yeah. mindsets for for what will sell because it's kind of just like an example of like the market and like the free market working. And right. like, if you want to find those really crazy alt righty views, you have to find a really crazy alt right guy yelling into a microphone every right. week for seven hour streams or whatever yeah you have to go to youtube that's about about how they're they're turning the freaking frogs gay and stuff i i do think it's interesting that this episode isn't about transphobes bad at the end of the episode everybody goes to watch the fathead special and rocco stays with ed bighead because he's like i think this guy needs me more than everybody else rachel's fine right now this guy needs a kind hand to direct him. Yeah. You know, and then everybody's there for Rocco at the end when he's like, they changed the show. The show sucks now. And everybody's like, well, you you can like it. You can just like it being different. That's fine. Yeah. And I feel like, this might be weird to say, but like the, the, the idea that the, that it's just about like mm, transphobes aren't great is, uh, kind of reductive of its message. Like it kind of like narrows the scope of what it's trying to say. Right. Um, It doesn't even really talk about transphobes. Like they're just not brought up. They're not in the special. Right. Um, I mean, in in the way, how much can you talk about it in a kid show? It's going to air on Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I would say that Ed Bighead's behavior in the episode is rooted in transphobia. Like parents that say, you're not my daughter, you're my son. I'm not going to call you Rachel because that's not your name. And also, I don't want to be around you. Like, that's rooted in transphobia. And it's rooted in resistance to change, too. But, you know, they deal with it in a kid-friendly way. And that's what I really appreciate about something like this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not insular. This can be enjoyed by people who aren't just like trans rights 24-7. Yeah, exactly. Even though that's the main audience, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And they'll, they'll the talk about it poll. on their podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of shows out that have, especially kids media. Whenever I see this kind of stuff in kids media, I'm just really happy. Steven Universe movie comes out in a couple weeks. I'm really uh, excited for it. Yeah. A couple weeks? Yeah. Like, um, we were talking a little bit about 12 Forever, which is another recent release by Julia Vickerman. Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix. And, it's yeah. On Netflix. Yeah. On Netflix. And that's super. Uh, it's just nice to watch. Yeah. Like as a grown queer person, it's good to see that kind of stuff just like out there and done in a really nice and like very normalized way. Yeah. Like episode one has a gay couple featured in it and it's just like, yeah, that's the thing. And everyone's like, yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of that kind of stuff done in the show and a lot of themes of like self discovery and like, um, another focus on change is a big word thrown around in that show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the people who are stopping these kinds of things from happening are starting to come around to the fact that having queer characters and having trans characters is not a sexually explicit thing. Like Rebecca Sugar talked about this a lot. She wanted to make an episode of Steven Universe where two female coded characters got married. The studio pushed back on it for five years because they were like, that's not appropriate. The show's PG. The show's PG. You can't do that. It's and G. she's like, it's a G rated show. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, why? If Mickey and Mouse and Minnie Mouse can like 
have a fairy tale romance for 50 years. Why can't my two characters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they would just say no. And that's what you get for so long. And now they're finally coming around to like two girl characters kissing and having a cutesy little romance is not a PG-13 sexually explicit thing. It's just the same as a straight couple. Yeah. Took a long time to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. Cora season four was a was a big one for me. Also from Nick, like taken off the air, put online. Yeah. Sort of the same way they did with Rocco and with Invader Zim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, also, difference between this point of Rocco going on Netflix and um, when Cora was put on Nick's website. A um, way bigger audience. Yeah. For sure. Netflix... I, I feel like more people, I, I think maybe more people have Netflix than cable, like, and that number just keeps growing. And Yeah, I wouldn't have seen it if it was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, exactly. I might have seen it, but I wouldn't have I I might have bought it online. Found I don't it. know. Yeah. I would have found it. Um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Implications. I wasn't implying anything. That's just how I talk. <laughs> I think there's been this idea that I've seen a lot of, like, People talking about how, oh, this show's going to make my kid gay. And I think that our generation, like millennials and then like Gen Z people are like, people are like, oh, kids are coming out younger than ever and you're turning our kids gay and like all this shit. But it's, I think a lot of it is just the fact that this kind of representation doesn't make people gay. It makes people okay with being gay. Yeah. So instead of coming out as trans when they're 70, they're coming out as trans when they're 14. Yeah. I didn't see anything like Rachel Bighead on TV when I was a kid. The trans characters that I saw were like, horrible stereotypes from Adam Sandler movies and scary movie. And they made me think that that's something that's other. Yeah. That's that's not something that was mean. That was something bad Mm -hmm. or nasty or Mm -hmm. funny. And maybe if I had seen that kind of thing on screen when I was 15, I could have explored that side of myself a lot earlier in life. All in all, I think the Rocco special was really fantastic. Like static cling. I mean, like I was saying, I don't have nostalgia for the original show. Right. I don't I think don't the, the jokes were as punchy here yeah. as the classic episodes. Really? I feel it, like... You should watch the original show. Okay, it was really, really great. There's some really good jokes in this It's one, really funny, though. But I feel like with Static Cling, it was much more like Joe Murray really wanted to say something. Yeah. More so than he did with a bunch of the episodes of the like original show. Sure. Just because, like, he, could. he has, he has, yeah, he can, and also he has one thing to say it with, and not like several seasons to say mm, it with, right? You know? Okay, I didn't really like these kinds of shows when I was little mm-hmm. at all. Like, I didn't. Cat Dog was too much. <laughs> um, you said Camp Laszlo was the other one he did because I didn't really watch that because it was just too. It was too much for my little brain. Like it was just because it's so punchy of just like joke 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 fart joke 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 like yeah. coming at you of like just a lot happening mm. and that was sort of my feeling when i was watching it because i just watched it last night um yeah. and i was just like oh god this is so much <laughs> so i can't imagine seeing i i actually like really enjoyed it which i didn't expect like i really really liked the special You're like mia really loves this but i'm gonna think it's a piece of shit well, no, it's because, it's <laughs> i've been because, talking like, about it all week no no, no i, I didn't think that like the it. special was gonna be bad i just right. like i just haven't liked those kinds of cartoons like sure. it's just not something i didn't like ed and ed ed and eddie when i was little right which is um sacrilegious it's to say up. as an animator <laughs> i feel like um, i wasn't allowed to watch ed ed and eddie as a kid because I called my mailman a dork. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then then I went out and I was like, ha ha, dork. And he's like on the other side of the street. And then I went back inside and then he came to my house and told my mom that I called him a dork. And it was like, now looking back, I'm like, yeah, it was a shitty thing to do. But also like, what's this guy's deal? (laughs) Like, why did he make such an effort? Um, <laughs> oh, you called him was a dork. Yeah, I called him a dork and ran back inside, and I was like one inch tall, and he was like, "Oh, this cannot stand <laughs> this kid." I think we need to wrap it up, even though okay. I'm really loving this conversation because our ice cream man is outside our house, and he stays there for half an hour, so it's gonna pick up on Mike. But yeah, thanks so much for for jumping on Mike with me. For yeah, this one, of guys. course. Uh, Omar, where can people find you online? Just at. 
Omar Romolino on Twitter, and then that'll link to everything else. Me and my friends, we're making a lot of cool things together, and we stream art on Twitch and take requests. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Team Egg Troop. I'm at Reed Ashley Art, and that's Reed, R-E-I-D. Also, if people just want to want to see you mentioned occasionally, they can follow me at Stop Tweeting Me on Twitter. Yeah, sometimes you <laughs> I tweet me things, things you say yeah. <laughs> yeah. for the equa- the occasional quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you guys like this episode, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast. And as always, I'm your host Mia Marchant, and I'm here if you need to talk. Can you survive a whole week without an episode of Rocco's Modern Life? Never! Can you last a few more days? Never! Without an eye popping? Never! Flap flattening? Never! Wallaby walloping Rocco adventure? Never! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.